Holy One of old, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have worked wonders, ancient counsel, faithful and trustworthy. For you are a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. The commander of heaven's legions will make for all peoples on this mountain a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food prepared with marrow, of refined well-aged wines. And God will destroy on this mountain the shroud that shrouds all peoples, the veil that veils all nations. God will swallow up death forever. Then the sovereign God will wipe away tears from every face and will sweep aside the shame of God's people from the whole earth. For God, whose name is holy, has spoken. It will be said on that day, look, this is our God in whom we hope and who saved us. This is the creator of all in whom we hope. Let us be glad and rejoice in God's salvation. For the hand of the Ancient of Days shall rest on this mountain. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jonah. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I'm your lead pastor here at Zao. It's so lovely to be with you and to be with so many characters this morning. Kids Church was really exciting to watch. I think Pikachu's at Kids Church today, you guys. Well, happy Halloween week to all who are celebrating. Quick poll, uh, how many of us are here wearing costumes in protest of repressive childhoods? <laughs> I, was, I was very grateful to be allowed to uh, dress up and celebrate Halloween as a child, but people that I loved and cared about um, were not. I remember one of my close friends in the neighborhood, um, we both went to the public school together, but she gave off big homeschool vibes. And, um, and come Halloween, uh, her family would pull her out of school. And during trick-or-treating, her, her home sat in silent, like, lights-off judgment of the rest of us heathens. Um, but there is a rich tradition, many rich traditions across the globe of celebrating this time of year. And we are, for those of you who don't know, technically United Methodist. Um, we have a theological tradition dating back to, well, through many iterations of belief in the teachings of Jesus, but most recently named after some British dude named John, um, John Wesley, uh, who was kind of nicknamed uh, a Methodist. Um, it was kind of a, it was a term he had to um, reclaim, uh, <laughs> but he did. And uh, in any case, John was, was actually like a big fan of this time. He wrote in a journal entry on November 1st, 1767, in regards to All Saints Day, it is a festival I truly love. I truly love. So he's not really talking about Halloween in, in the sense that we do. He's talking about um, All Saints Day. So the day after Hall All Hallows Eve um, precedes All Hallows Day, uh, the Feast of All Saints, or Hallowmas 
if you're interested in having a Christmas Halloween um, consistency, you can just start calling it Halamas. In any case, this, this uh, festival in Christianity dates back to the fourth century, um, just a couple hundred years after Jesus uh, died, that, and it was a, a festival to celebrate martyrs, those who had died, usually like very awful, public, violent deaths because of their faithfulness. And, and those people were held up as saints, as, as figures who um, held a special place in our memory, who we uh, honored and who we thank God for. Now, there's All Saints Day, and the next day is called All Souls Day. Because if you were like kind of okay, you were just a soul. <laughs> if you were like really good, <laughs> you were a saint. But I think if we're, if we're willing to just sort of, you know, let go of our categories of hierarchy here, we can say that this is a time of year when we honor our ancestors, honor those who have gone before us, who have showed us what uh, love and liberation look like in a life lived well. And this is something that, that you know, All Saints Day and like celebrating specifically this time of year um, there are traditions of remembering the dead in this way all throughout Europe and the Americas, um, mostly places colonized by Catholic countries, um, but also the, uh, the Celtic tradition of Samhain is extremely prominent and was such an influence that actually All Saints Day had been celebrated around other Christian holidays like Easter. Um, and in the ninth century, Pope Gregory IV um, decided to move it officially to November 1st to be in conjunction uh, with Samhain. And so it is this blending of traditions that come together to honor the dead. It, in the Philippines, there's um, an expression of this tradition that uh, sounds very similar to me to the way that we celebrate Ash Wednesday. Um, there, is, there are lots of candles involved in remembering the dead. And in the Philippines, uh, during this time of year, children are allowed to play with the wax that has melted and to make it into little wax balls. And the round balls symbolize um, the process of everything going back to where it began. And so in death, we are then reformed. So there's this very like ashes to ashes, dust to dust energy to the celebration of the dead in the Philippines during this time of year. And we may think of saints as like a particularly Catholic thing, right? Um, there are a lot of Protestants and evangelicals that get real weird about it. But uh, evidently, Wesley, the dude, one of the dudes that had a lot of influence in, in our tradition, really loved and defended it publicly, in part because he was pushing back against anti-Catholic nonsense, and he wrote in these same journals in 1756, this is in 8th century language, so stick with me here. How superstitious are they who scruple giving God solemn thanks for the lives and deaths of his saints. Ha! Huh. Now, if you're not up on your 18th century English slang, I wasn't. To scruple apparently means to not do something because you think it's bad. So he's essentially saying, how ridiculous is it not to give, give thanks for the lives of the people who came before us just because we're being like 
anti-Catholic and terrible. And so, you know, we are actually encouraged, called to give thanks to our spiritual ancestors. And when we frame it that way, the honoring of ancestors, now we can see connections to ancestor celebrations and rituals across the globe. There are fully festivals and rituals of ancestor celebration in China, Japan, Korea, India, Nepal, Thailand. Not to mention the centrality of ancestor veneration across spiritual traditions in Africa. Now, when Christian missionaries came to Africa, they totally freaked out. And they were like, you're worshiping your ancestors like gods. You're not supposed to put anyone before God. Now, if I could quote a pasty British dude from the 18th century, how superstitious are they who scruple giving God solemn thanks for the lives and deaths of saints? Now, the horrifying reality is that those superstitions coming from colonizing theology and power resulted in the deaths of countless faithful Africans and suppressed African spiritual traditions for generations up to today. But there is a way that we can honor those who have died while showing us the way to a faithful life, including those who died at the hands of projects of colonization and missionary Christianity. We can name them as martyrs. We honor and remember them. We try to learn from them and lift them up in thanksgiving. Now, today, as we are bearing witness to an act of genocide, funded and perpetrated by our own government. We are also called to be present to those who are actively dying now. And to be called to those who are dying every day due to oppression and violence throughout the world. As we scroll through that list, I hope you've seen it, the list in Arabic of thousands of names of Palestinians who have died, over 2,000 children we honor them. We honor them. We thank God for their lives. We thank God for receiving them in death. We pray for their safety and love and liberation in the life to come. And we trust that some piece of their humanity has left an indelible mark on creation. And that somehow, in a way that is beyond our comprehension, they continue to lead and to liberate and to bear witness into eternity. That we have not lost our kin forever, but that they are with us in the eternal project of liberation, redemption, and joy. On the days that we remember the dead, we can recommit ourselves to honor them now in the lives that we have presently as we celebrate and take solace in the moment in eternity when we are united in love and peace and hope. So especially on All Saints Day, or Samhain, or Dia de los Muertos, or whichever traditions we have strong ties to, we honor those who have shown us the way that teach us how to lead our lives and to lead future generations. The people presently in our lives and so many generations before us who have taught us how we can become good ancestors. There's an indigenous principle called the seven generations. 
I'm actually wearing a Seven Generations shirt from a raid uh, today. The Seven Generation Principle, one source says, is based on ancient Iroquois philosophy that the decisions we make today should result in a sustainable world seven generations into the future. Now, we talk sometimes about eternity, which is so beyond our scope of imagination. And we talk about here and now, which takes up most of our attention. Seven generations is so brilliant to me because it feels like it pushes just to the edge of our capacity to imagine. Seven generations from now, how will we be known? How will our choices now have an impact on those to come? What happened seven generations ago that led to this moment in both horrifying ways and hopeful, liberating, holy ways. In the fullness of time, we will see how our choices impact now and seven generations from now and eternity. And when we can't imagine eternity, we can imagine just a couple generations from now, what will my life mean? Who will I have been? When seven generations from now we look back on the genocide in Palestine, it will feel a lot less complicated. When we look back now on the genocide of the indigenous people of this land, it feels a lot less complicated. And so if we can hold the span of history as we make our choices, we can become the kind of ancestors that we seek to honor here and now. Now, honoring your ancestors can be very difficult if you have been cut off from your literal ancestors. It can also be difficult if your literal ancestors have committed atrocities. Those among us who identify with the Christian tradition in any way carry a lot through those generations that it can be difficult to face. But as we grieve and repent from the sins of our ancestors, we can look deeper for the faithful. One of the promises of God is that no matter what happens, no matter what violence, what colonization, what cruelty, what evil happens, God will always save a faithful remnant. There has always been and always will be a faithful remnant of liberators. There's a Chicago artist and organizer, Damon A. Williams, that uh, I had the honor of, of listening to speak uh, in September. And he was naming the importance of spirituality in the work for liberation. He said, liberation itself is a spiritual tradition. He talked about how every religious tradition has been co-opted at some level by colonizers, by empire, by cruelty and evil, but how the tradition of liberation, the spiritual tradition of liberation is alive in every religion as well. We know our kin not because of the particular strain of spirituality that they identify with, but because of the heart of liberation alive in their spiritual and religious life. And therefore we find kin all over the globe 
We find kin in anti-Zionist Jewish folks in Israel right now fighting for liberation. We find kin in our Muslim, Jewish, and Christian Palestinian siblings who are fighting for their lives right now. We find kin across the globe, across history, across generations. There are always ancestors there to show us the way towards faithfulness. We have a hope that those who have gone before us are still actively involved in God's good creation, just as we have a hand in what comes not only in our lives, but in eternity. Though it may be beyond our comprehension. There's a phrase that we use in one of our creeds, the communion of saints and the life everlasting. This is a hope that we hold on to, that we are still in deep communion, deep community with the saints, the ancestors who have come before us across the world, across religious tradition, in the spirit of liberation, that we commune together in our lives and in their legacy, and in that next phrase, the life everlasting, that beyond this life is another, that we cannot comprehend, but that we put our trust in, that we know that one day we will all be united with our ancestors, that we will be ancestors to others, that God will destroy on this mountain the shroud that shrouds all peoples, the veil that veils all nations, and God will swallow up death forever. Then the sovereign God will wipe away tears from every face and will sweep aside the shame of God's people from all the earth. So when you light candles today or around this time of year, there's an invitation to honor the people who have come before you. Maybe they came in your lifetime. Maybe you think of those who have passed on to the next life, who have shown you what liberation means in your day-to-day. -day. Maybe those are people you are honoring whose names you know from books you've read, from stories you've been told about what liberation means and how life can be full and joyous and just. Or maybe the ancestors that you honor with your candles today are those whose names you don't know, whose histories have been cut off from you or lost but that you honor because you trust that the remnant of liberation has been alive and is part of why your heart beats with love today. We will have a time of communion where we commune with our food and our wine or our juice in our living bodies and as we light candles, inviting into the space the ancestors who have come before and so I, I encourage you to think now of who you'd like to connect to, who you'd like to honor and lift up in this moment, in this season, and know that people all over the world of every spiritual tradition somewhere are lifting up those who have come before in liberation as well. I'd like to close with a prayer from our creed. Good and holy God, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Church. We believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.